Welcome to Buy My Telingual today. My name is Elizabeth Aitai and I'm your host. Today I'm speaking with a multidisciplinary artist based in Seoul. She graduated from San Francisco Art Institute in New Genres in 2013. She has lived, exhibited, and performed around the globe. She arranges and synthesizes sonic spaces that draw from the everyday and the trivial, reforming them into phenomenal situations of meditation or digitally induced panic. I would like you to introduce yourself with your name and just briefly telling where you're from. My name is Hijin Zhang. Hijin is first name, the Zhang is the last name. Um, I'm originally from South Korea and working as a sound artist. And I'm based in Seoul. And I'm a best friend of Lisa ever since <laughs> 2011. Oh my God, it's been a long time. Yeah, <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> no, 12. 10 years? 12. Oh, 12 years and 10 years from graduation. Uh, That's right. Full cycle. Oh How many languages do you speak? Uh, I speak two languages. So my first mother tongue is Korean and the second one is English. And at what age did you start learning your second language, English? First time learning English was when I was fourth grade because I didn't want to learn piano or math. <laughs> so oh, right. I was just, yeah, I was just begging my mom that I just want to learn English. I don't like pianos. <laughs> like, <laughs> Uh, that's how I started English. <laughs> so you're a sound artist today, but you chose mm-hmm. a language over music. Yeah, I was just about to start learning Bach. Oh, yes. That was so difficult. Oh my god! <laughs> and then, and I gave up and like my mom. And, but you should keep learning something rather than just rest resting. So I just randomly choose all oh, them. I will learn English. <laughs> oh, I then I become a sound artist, <laughs> but still not good at piano, playing pianos. <laughs> well, but you're good at sound. So uh, <laughs> right now, at this moment in time, which language do you feel most comfortable with? I was born and grew up in Korea. So Korean, I feel most comfortable, of course. But sometimes I miss speaking and communicating in English because it's already been five years since I moved back from the States. But in here, it's really difficult to communicate in English mm-hmm. because these days I most speak in Korea and communicate. Mm-hmm. And what what do you miss about speaking English? Uh, because I'm forgetting about the language a lot. So sometimes mm-hmm. I lost or forgot really easy vocabulary or the grammar so making so many mistakes sometimes or these days so I feel like I went through so many things by studying at graduate schools and getting degrees and yeah doing something as an artist when I was in the states but I have been forgetting about a lot so I try to remember and study to keep my language going well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How do you do that? I try to Google something in English still, and I left my computer and my cell phone language mode in English still. Just try to get used to it always. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I'm getting bored or ha- having some killing time, I just turn into National Geographies or English documentaries. 
even though I'm not watching it, I just let it go and just listen to it. When you were in the States, um, have you experienced a change in the hierarchy of language? Yeah, it was so weird. I I was not fluent in English when I was a graduate student in San Francisco. So I had hard times communicating with other classmates in English. But when I'm speaking in Korean, people told me I speak like translated English, <laughs> like broken grammars. And, and sometimes just English vocabularies pops up for the native speakers. They told me like your grammar sounds like really broken <laughs> or some <laughs> other languages. <laughs> Does that still happen to you today? The first one or two years when I was back in Korea, people told me that your Korean is, sounds so interesting <laughs> because it is Korean. <laughs> And you're speaking native Korean, but it sounds like translated English novel <laughs> or, or something. Mm. Yeah. Does it bother you? Some people make fun of it. Like in a convenience store, I happen to say like, I have money and I got cash, but some people making fun of it by like mimicking or something. Uh, that was embarrassing, but at the same time, like, oh, it's Okay. People just left and we had fun time, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. It wasn't a big deal for me. I was just correcting that, oh, I just came from the States just a few months ago or just a year ago, still confusing the two languages. Confusing these languages, uh, maybe mm. now it's a little bit less than it used to be. Do you still or have you ever felt fatigue? Uh, I had fatigue a lot when... After graduation, I have to just travel a lot to between cities and cities, even the states in Korea or some European cities sometimes for performance and exhibitions. I have some fatigue because um, in the states I speak English. Then when I going back to Korea for for a while to speak Korea, that confused me a lot. And after communication, I was overwhelmed by. Just too much information. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that was really difficult for me to adjust myself. Which languages should I communicate more or where am I or what am I? I had that kind of confusion or challenges. But right now, after pandemic era, like I don't travel overseas ever since then. So those kind of difficulties were gone. Mm -hmm. Because I was just staying in Korea and speaking one language. You just said you, you had moments where you were wondering, what am I? How was your response back then? Or do you miss this feeling? How, or what exactly? How would you describe this? What am I? I've heard a lot of questions. Maybe you got it as well. That like, where are you originally came from? Mm -hmm. I got that question a lot when I was in the States. Or even in Korea, yeah, because I speak two languages for my artwork or performances sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then I just try to be honest about where I was visiting or where I have been, but people keep asking. Or like in, in the States, like when I was moved to New York and people ask me where you originally came from, then, oh, I just moved in New York a few months But before then, I lived in San Francisco and people denied it. No, <laughs> where you originally oh. came from? Like people just want need another answer. <laughs> like, 
yeah. Uh, from Korea, but I, I'm living here. <laughs> yeah. And the same thing happened in here as well. Like, where are you from? <laughs> Or people thinking I'm bragging about, I was studying abroad <laughs> overseas, but mm-hmm. I didn't mean it at all. I just using language if needed. <laughs> yeah. And as you mm-hmm. said, it happened to me as well. It still happens to this day. But I think people mm. strangely always need uh, for their safety to be able to yeah. mark the other one, like us. Yeah. Like having put the other one in the safety zone, that's understandable. Mm. Yeah. When it comes to emotional states, which, which language do you communicate it in? And was there ever a change? I still don't know well about the vocabulary or the terms about the emotions or feelings in English. So my description or depiction about my emotional emotion or feelings will be very limited if I depict it in English. Uh, but even if I don't know, I just try to Google things to translate my uh, emotions Mm-hmm. from Korean to English sometimes some emotions popping up in English and then I try to correct in or translate in Korean as quick as I can if I'm with other people yeah. you just said that sometimes emotion like terms for emotions pop up in English yeah sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. how come <laughs> yeah you know I'm very shy person and very quiet sometimes even uh when I'm with friends or some comfortable people and getting active sometimes, then mm-hmm. my English ident- identity came out sometimes like, wow, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> or so people just hit me in the street, like, hey, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? <laughs> uh, some older Englishmen or American guys in my mind just came up. <laughs> Oh, in the middle of yeah. nowhere yeah uh-huh. that's so interesting <laughs> in, in those moments do you fear or in general when you're switching between languages do you fear your persona is changing in any way I didn't recognize at all but sometimes my family or friends pick it up or for example I had hard times to communicate with older relatives or <clears throat> older people Like, for example, my uncles or grandfathers, uh, they passed away, though. So Sorry. when I, yeah, thank you. When I was back in Korea, my dad forced me to to call them that I'm getting back to Seoul. I'm visit you soon. Like, that was mm-hmm. kind of very difficult for me. Uh, because Why? in Korea, there's a really strict hierarchy between older people and like younger people because it's kind of really patriotic and my family was very conservative in regards about that keep keep the hierarchical you mean, relationship you mean patriarch yeah <laughs> i'm confusing sorry because like, you said it's well, a patriotic society but it's a patriarch society. ah a patriarch <laughs> that was one patriotic oh yeah i'm patriotic <laughs> i love korea <laughs> sorry are about you that. patriotic <laughs> uh it's a love hate <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh mostly i love korea the 51 49 yeah yeah story like I really hard to talk to them but even the small talks why how just I was very shy and somehow get scared to talk to other people because I was 
very introverted and shy and fear for get scored or get ignored by my mistakes or like misbehaving <laughs> even yeah. with my family yeah very because they were very strict is that any easier today after studying and visiting to korea for a vacation or something that communicating or getting having a small talk getting really easier to me Mm -hmm. Like that wasn't difficult for me at all. At some point, I easily just called to my grandfather. Hey, how have you been doing? I was missing you so much. Like I'm gonna visit you next week, so see you soon. Like, I was getting really comfortable, and my mind getting very easy for talking to relatives or other people. Because, you know, in the States, we communicated with professors by calling their names. Mm -hmm. and that is really, really impossible in Korea. <laughs> we don't call the older people's name. <laughs> so we just call their occupations or like, like a professor, teacher, or attorney. Oh, I didn't but know not, that. Yeah, but not by the first name. Yeah, that is very personal and very private thing so i just call my grandfather like a grandfather not his name mm -hmm. uh, who would be allowed to call his your grandfather by his name my grandfather's friends only i see even my grandmother calls him i never never heard his name was calling by my my grandmom it's very like <laughs> ambiguous <laughs> That's a very interesting aspect because mm -hmm. uh, in German, there is a saying that your friends are your chosen family more often or sometimes really more important than your actual mm -hmm. biological family. Just yeah, it, even the biological, biological family. I have to call my uncle as uncle. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, mm -hmm. or aunt. Mm -hmm. When you were in the States, was there a moment or is there still a time when you realize you have dreamt in English? Yeah, sometimes I dream in English, yeah. But I don't remember specific narratives or the stories about the dreams in English. But uh, it's various, like sometimes I'm arguing <laughs> with the customer <laughs> service. <laughs> In your dream? In, in my dream. <laughs> it was really challenging for me to talk to customer service in phone oh, when I yes. was in the States. Yeah. I think, I guess it was traumatized for me. <laughs> How so? Yeah. Because uh, the most difficult communication in English was speaking in my phone. So if I happen to talk to the customer service or something like that, I need to complain about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I just wrote down all the things before actually calling to the certain services, like closing the internet or <laughs> uh, complaining all about the gas fee something. Yeah. I just had to write down all those things, like imagining, oh, I need to defense like this if he, he says no, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's really elaborate. But I got it. Yes. <laughs> I closed my internet. <laughs> yeah. And uh, your memories, do you switch between languages there ever? Certain artist statements when I releasing some albums or artwork, I happen to make a description or state statements about it. I try to write down in English first rather than yeah, speaking in Korean because... Uh, Sometimes it is easier to say that 
and I started studying uh, sound art in the state. So sometimes it's easier to learn and explaining it in English than in Korea because some terms are not translated or even though translated, I just still don't get it because some vocabularies in Korea consist of some Chinese letters. And sometimes I don't understand what does that mean. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's so weird. I'm not good at mathematics, but learning mathematics in English was way easier than learning it in Korean because huh. of the language and definitions. And you said you have Chinese characters in your language? When I was in middle school or the high school until we, the Koreans use both Chinese letters and Koreans mm-hmm. in newspapers or textbooks. But over time and time, people try to use more Koreans than having both Chinese and Koreans in text because mm-hmm. it's confusing and try to protect the language more. Is it comparable to, you know, Latin words in European languages? Koreans is rooted from more like Mongolians mm-hmm. and, of course, Chinese, but it just stems to countries to countries. So there's Chinese letters we use in Korean, in Japan, and China. But uh, some are in common, but others are using in different ways. Like calculation, for example, is in Kesan in Korean. In Japanese, they're, they're saying Kesan in same Chinese letter. But mm-hmm. like a uh, book, we use different Chinese letters. The pronunciation is different and the Chinese letter itself is also different. Yeah, mm-hmm. in, it's not in common. And Chinese letter has both, but they have tons of other letters, mm-hmm. meaning book, books. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. You being a sound artist, I wonder, do you ever feel, or how is the rhythm of English in mm-hmm. comparison to Korean different? And do you ever feel it in your body or does it have a physical impact on you when you speak Korean or English? Mm-hmm. That's the same thing. Like I, I don't recognize it, but my body feels it or how does it look like? My other people caught it and told me sometimes. Like for example, I visited San Francisco at the 2019 to have a concert with Leticia. And mm-hmm. John, John Davis, we had a concert and next day, John invited me and my mom to his house. With, so we had dinner together, but my mom doesn't speak English. So I got to translate every conversation we had. Mm-hmm. So we, I used the two languages and John and Chris, his wife said like, oh, this is really interesting to see like, you look really different in using in two languages. Of course, I look just myself and I'm speaking in English, but I look more comfortable when I speak to my mom in mm-hmm. my mother tongue. Mm-hmm. Because uh, in English mode, I had to get really nervous and getting ready to understand and catch something in yeah. order not lose it or <laughs> misunderstood. So I'm getting so nervous and my 
eyes are just wide open mm -hmm. and your oh, brain yeah. as well <laughs> yeah my brain is working so fast <laughs> like what, what what is what, what's happening like <laughs> yeah so it's really busy working mode but in korea I, I don't have to put that so much effort on it yeah sure yeah is there a difference in the rhythm of the two languages i i don't know how korean sounds or the rhythm or you know, the flow feel to other language speakers but uh i feel like the english goes kind of fluent mm -hmm. like uh for example you're saying computer you don't have to like pronouncing t or oh mm -hmm. even uh, it's different when i was speaking in british <laughs> english i just though. wanted to say that exactly yeah <laughs> I, i'm talking about the american one <laughs> right <laughs> yeah like a computer or you just like skip something and just mm -hmm. get some intonations flows mm -hmm. because there's an accent but in korean language there's no accent yeah, it's like for example like bananas we don't put accent in in the center language we yeah. just say banana <laughs> mm -hmm. and how yeah. would you say computer computer i feel like you have a downward movement in the intonation so go to the end maybe that's a result from my practice because like soul dialect goes up always and it always sounds like questioning mm -hmm. oh i have banana <laughs> some, yeah some people told me like you always sound like questioning <laughs> but um. you don't <laughs> like oh i didn't know that like korea is a small country but mm -hmm. there's there are so many different dialects I, I didn't know people feel like there's a dialect in Seoul, but it made me so hard to learn English <laughs> because I need to take care of accent, take care, take care of intonations, because even if I don't put an accent, people just don't get it. Mm -hmm. In English, you mean? In English, I meant uh, when I was in Long Island City, New York, uh, there was my favorite cafe in Long Island City. Uh, they because they have some lavender latte. Uh, the one day I just ordered, uh, can I get the lavender latte? <laughs> the guy said, what? what? <laughs> I didn't get it. What did you say? Like, oh, lavender. Sorry. <laughs> like, mm. That kind of thing happened. <laughs> yeah. How do you define cultural belonging? Mm -hmm. How important is language for it? Did you ever feel you fully belong to the U.S.? Uh, I think the cultural belonging should be a language in in case you have to move to somewhere else or going overseas or mm -hmm. visiting somewhere. Yeah, the cultural belonging should be a language, I think. Um, it doesn't have to be... And English, it could be a German or it could be Japanese or it could be Dutch. Like, But these days, the English is the most common language that people speak the most. So I guess the language is the thing I should I should have. For example, I happened to visit Hamburg in Germany for uh, first to study music and composition, even though I quit it after one semester. <laughs> but, uh, even though all the class, we were speaking in English, but outside of campus, everyone's speaking German and they only to 
talking German, of course, but I wasn't ready to speak in German because I tried to learn it, but it was so difficult. Right? So I, I wasn't prepared. And I, I saw some people kind of getting disappointed on me. Like, hey, like, <laughs> uh, but I didn't get it seriously as a racism, but somehow I felt, ah, oh, I should have learned somehow to communicate with them because it could happen to me in the same way. Like I want to talk with some people in Korea from other countries, but yeah, we don't have common language to speak. Like how do we communicate? Of of course we have body languages, but it's very limited. So thank God I I can speak English, but uh, just wanted to learn more languages. Then after coming back to Korea, I started learning Russians, <laughs> but the war came out and pandemics and, yeah. oh, I never get able to make it to Russia for a while. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yes. Have you ever felt like a migrant? Uh, in, in this state, I always thinking and I was pretty sure about I'm an alien. That's how how people call me an alien, but I didn't feel bad about it because it is quite obvious because I went to the state for grad school and I was born and grew up in Korea most of my life. Mm -hmm. And some people who studied from their teenagers or the youngers have some identity crisis about themselves, like they are bilingual in English and Korean, but in the States, people just, they don't accept them as an American because they look Asian. <laughs> but inside, they are, ed- they are educated and speak fluent in English. So yeah. they're getting confused about it. Yeah. International students having a lot of identity crisis about like, what am I? Uh, am I Korean or Americans? But in my case, that was pretty obvious. Oh, I am Korean. I'm just from other countries and I have Korean accent. And yeah. My way of thinking and um, lifestyle is just based in Korea, obviously. Uh, if I look weird or behaving weird that that is kind of Korean cultural things okay yeah Yeah. the the process of adaptation adaptation yes yeah Mm -hmm. somehow mixed for a few years but it's already been five years or so I don't feel feel confusion I still I believe I have some both but it's it's so weird I when I was in the States, I speak more Korean. When I get su- surprised or getting shocked or having some unexpected situation, I speak Korean. Like, a chongmar? But, and, and opposite, I, if I'm in Korea, like, like I said before, like, I, I'm surprising in English. Like, oh my gosh, like, really? Like, and people just watching me, what? <laughs> Why are you talking like Americans? <laughs> I I think my unconscious is trying to still work on balancing between yeah. two languages. I try not to forget or keep it both. 
Right. A That's struggle. a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's good to struggle to a certain amount. It keeps us alive and grateful. What do you think of uh, the idea of having a universal language? Just speaking one language does not matter. That's okay. But if you are able to speak more than one language, like bilingual or trilingual, then you will have more information, more opportunities, and more balanced life between so many fake news <laughs> and mm-hmm. misinformations. In Korea, they have good translations, uh, but some old textbooks or some like art books, there are some still mistranslated communications or textbooks or information mm-hmm. I could find. Um, then if I can check that context in English and compare to it, I can make sure, oh, this is right or or this is wrong or this is mistranslated that I can catch it, not falling for misunderstanding or misconceptions. So getting multiple languages, not a must option, but nourish this life or don't get you lost in the toss of the information. I agree. And it opens up new perspectives. Sure. And I don't know how you feel, but I'm always becoming aware how we are the same. There is, there is no difference in us being human. No, it's not. It's just um, that you live in a different natural surrounding Mm -hmm. and that maybe brought Korean to life and, you know, the foods you eat and, but. Yeah. Yeah. And the learning second language is learning back to my mother tongue more in depth at some point wow um thank you so much this was it is there anything you want to add to it um how do you feel communicating trilingual for you as german hungarian and english do you think in triple ways or no it's similar to you or like with Mm -hmm. um, all the other people i've interviewed um i'm also having memories bound Mm -hmm. to a certain language depending Mm -hmm. on where that Mm -hmm. action in my life took place so um interestingly my u.s phone number i can only recall it in english in general numbers it's just german i have to switch to german because that's the easiest way sometimes it's very tiring especially when i speak romanian french is kind of on the back burner these days but when i switch a lot between languages like um there was a time late december i was traveling i spoke really three languages simultaneously with different people i was exhausted after Mm -hmm. but in a good way it's not like oh my god i can't i can't do this anymore it's great Mm -hmm. and um yeah i find it very enriching for me i feel the rhythm of every language very strongly Mm -hmm. yeah um i came back to germany last year and when i realized that okay now you're settling in here again i found german so exhausting (laughs) <laughs> there was so much you know it's like I, it just exhausted me because um just what you said before especially american english has this amazing flow and and german it, the grammar is much more complicated and mm-hmm. it just exhausted me a lot it still exhausts me sometimes i'm like i don't want to speak all day german <laughs> so, oh, okay. <laughs> i appreciate that you know i have insights into all these worlds if i want to And I can Mm -hmm. choose to be in one if I want to. Yeah. 
there were phases when I was really embedded in German culture very deeply and, you know, like 19th century, 18th century, learning all this history. I, I just think there's too much emphasis on the past. Mm, I got it. Yeah. It's the same with art. You go to a museum and you see mostly like works of the past. Like why not? Yeah. I think it's important to not forget the past. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But let's just also focus on the present But because that's how we progress. Yeah. That's what I found difficulty when I was in Hamburg in the music school. Yeah. The music school there are mostly... Like 99%, they musically get the classical training. They're using pianos or other instruments with the notations. And they have some traditions from their past teachers or past professionals, which means like I had to develop my work in base of that past artist. Like Ligeti, for example, the Ligeti learned uh, was, was in the music school. So like... And he kind of invented some artistic notations. So people just wanted to me just draw or create notations, creating an orchestra, an electronic orchestra using instruments somehow, yeah. using his language that should be in it. But I wasn't that deeply into Legacy or some, because I, I'm not very good at classical music or have composing my bass is still a noise and field recordings. So I think the Noya music isn't my thing. So that's why I had to compare the all the musical situations about the German, the Korean, English, all, uh, the states a lot. Because the way of thinking, I was more comfortable for in the states. Mm -hmm. Because they are free and uh, they have a lot of DIY, DIY music. So they just don't have any feelings about calling noise or put them into category of the music. Yeah. Uh, but in the European culture, I know there are so many sound artists, but in the music category, they sometimes like try to keep their categories conservative. Mm -hmm. Like music should be based on notations and instruments and electronics should be like mimic or just help instruments sound better. It's no offense at all. I respect them, but it wasn't my thing. It's just how cultures developed here, or like, um, I don't want to use the word nations, but just a European continent. And yeah, there's so much history here and um, it's hard to let go. Yeah, I was like blank city. <laughs> I was yeah. in the States. Yeah, yeah, so I can't just burn it or write down anything I wanted. I felt... A lot of freedom there. And even though my English wasn't perfect, people were just very open because, yeah. oh, yeah, <laughs> so you were making noise. <laughs> okay. That's how I wanted to communicate. And that, that is my uh, frustration, that fluent in my second language. Maybe <laughs> this last question. Would you say you feel less free in Korea now? I feel free somehow because... Uh, the form of my practice is kind of flexible. So some people just invite me in the gallery or the music venue for playing improvised experimental noise. I can set a live performances. But at the same time, some people invite me to play noise at the 
DJ party. Some people are DJing, but I playing my live set, and people just very open to listen to the sets. And some were very happy in Korea. There's a noise musician in Korea. <laughs> some people were appreciated, and I I was really thankful for it. The market and the scene is still very small, but luckily it's very flexible and very open to find the new musicians. So yeah, I was worried about so much right before I getting. Back to Korea because I didn't know any sound artists in Korea. I was really worrying about socializing or how do I start my music or performances. But people were very open. The Korean experimental music scene is kind of growing up right now. So and you're I right feel in the comfortable. Middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. that's what we gotta do. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. What is really yeah. good conversation. Yeah, very nice to talk with you. Yeah. To listen to Heejin's sound, visit her site at heejinyang.bandcamp.com. Thank you very much for tuning in today again. I appreciate your support as always. Until next time, be well. <laughs>